My Music Podcast, a podcast where we sit down with Michigan musicians and we pick their brains on a myriad of topics. (laughs) Lucy Goosey here tonight. I am one of your hosts, KJ. I'm your other host, Scott. And Scott, this is a special Special. episode. We are actually recording on location in Chicago right now. In Chicago, downtown Chicago. Downtown Chicago, going to see King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I keep forgetting the radius. Yeah, yeah, and and this also is a special episode because this is a bonus episode. We we got we got our homie on here, our, our great friend, ride or die. If you have listened to Dynamics, the person who really stars the album on this this thing, man, this dreamy, beautiful guitar. That's what he does. He plays great, beautiful guitar. Ben Froze. Good friend, good Our colleague, friend. music aficionado. Hello, everybody. This is also why I feel like it had to be a bonus episode. It's like we already talked to Ben about music stuff all the time. So it's just like, this is just like information. It's just like information. Yeah. Information. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. Voltron coming together. Yeah, this is dangerous. This could be like the three-hour episode that you have to edit down. I believe it's called The Devastator when it comes to um, <laughs> Transformers. It's when all the Constructicons come together, they become The Devastator. Yeah. And I think that's what we're doing right now. Watch out. Ben, how you feeling? I'm feeling really good. It's quite good. an honor, actually, to be here because I don't consider, as I've said to you guys in the past, and I think what makes up 90% of what we talk about musically is psychologically, how do you think of yourself as a musician? And you guys are very encouraging about this kind of stuff. So yeah. to be here... After a long list of very established, very good musicians that you've interviewed, I uh, am humbled. No, man. We're happy to have you. Don't don't sell yourself short mm. over there, dude. You're the musicians of all musicians. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. This is exciting. Yeah, so we had a we had a fun day today. We drove yeah. down to Chicago from Grand Rapids and uh, bopped around a couple of record stores, had a nice hamburger at Small Cheval. And man, man that, more than a man, nice hamburger. That cheeseburger was oh, delicious. We, we definitely... Um, that's at the bar participated yeah. in capitalism and spread our dollar <laughs> bucks across records that foreshadowing uh, so that we're yeah so that we're gonna get to the episode topic but um yeah we have, we've had a good time here in chicago yeah. we're excited for the show tomorrow we that's, should mention we uh we've been in the sauce a little bit yeah it's good <laughs> we've been having a good time it's called a fluid state yeah um, is that what's called liquid state liquid state yeah flow state yeah. So anyways, <laughs> uh, the topic that we're going to go with, because we were sort of debating about what we should talk with Ben about, and um, it's just, and Ben, you came up with this. I think it's a great idea, is that we, because we went to a couple of record stores, we should do that like a, a quasi, what's in my bag based on, what's that, is that, what's it's that? Amoeba record? Records. Amoeba Records. Yeah. That's Amoeba, yeah. So we're going to do that. We went to two record stores. What were they called? Uh, Reckless Records was one of them. Shout and out then, to Reckless uh, Records in Chicago. Sh- Sugar. Sugar records. And sugar records. Yeah, that's right. If you can hear Both the, the crinkling in the background. They had similarities and differences. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, both had their, you know, there's a range of things. I think 
you know, there's definitely enough to find. And I think we certainly did that. Yeah. I realize I'm on record now, but I think sugar was a better one. Yeah. Uh, it was. Probably. What do you think? I, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I liked reckless a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I felt How that sugar was. That? Um, I just feel like, you know what? Actually, no, I lied. I like sugar. I got better records from sugar. I think sugar had, uh, it's better curated. Better yeah, curated. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah. Nice shout out. <laughs> and better organized. Mm-hmm. For me, like organize, it's it's hard for me to say because I don't organize my <laughs> records at all. But I feel like they were better organized. I was it was an easier shopping experience. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. more of a straight line. Used records over here in the corner, right? But the first one, Reckless, they had like the used records mixed in with the new. That was like, odd. Yeah, that was odd. Um, okay, so we we decided to do like what's in my bag, and I think that's a perfect thing to do with you here, Ben. So. Um, tell us about the one of the records that you picked out from one of the two record stores. You don't have to tell us necessarily yeah. where it came from, but just why you picked it, how it kind of came to your attention, and um, yeah. yeah, any story behind why you chose it for today. Because we were talking about earlier, like none of us went to these record stores with any sense of what we're gonna buy, and I think that could be odd for some people. Yeah, there's no like I'm gonna go buy this thing. I need to have this thing. I'm looking for this thing. We none of us had that. It's like I'm gonna know when I see it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that question. There's actually a whole bunch in this stack that is a lot of it's randomly chosen. But for a lot of people who don't know who I am, which is. Yeah, we should do it. We know we need to do a bio. We really do. We need <laughs> Introduce us. To Introduce you. us to who you are. So my name is Ben Froze. I uh, am a hobbyist musician in West Michigan, Grand Rapids. I grew up in Canada and moved down to the States when I was about 17. And, uh, KJ and Scott are good friends of mine, which is principally why I'm here. I'm not in any established band, but I am on the periphery. I'm like one of the attaches to David Bowie's like glam rock group. <laughs> um, I do have a couple features on some of these songs that uh, KJ and Scott have put together, so I appreciate those opportunities. You might know me from track one such songs as <laughs> such song, from such songs as track number one of uh dynamics so anyway i uh real quick i grew up studying piano and then i had enough of that after lessons from mrs roz vanovich i was like i need it yeah no she did a good job she was just very strict you know uh like Soviet era discipline. How's one strict when they do these things? If they I if practice. I were if I were to get wrong a, a phrase on a piano, and that was like six, seven, eight, you know, I gave her the time. I put my time in. And if I were to get a phrase incorrect once, even twice, she'd be forgiving. But he, by the third time, like figure it out. Don't waste my time. Was kind of her attitude. Oh, it's and, and, verbal and, abuse. <laughs> abuse seems a little bit. <laughs> I ask you that because I had a, a bass guitar teacher who had this like rubber rubber band gun. Oh yeah, and he would shoot my hand if I would like play a phrase. That's wrong. physical. That sounds abuse. awful. It, it didn't hurt, but it was more of like just like. Was it fun? It was sort of just like a gotcha kind of thing. You know? <laughs> Hey, you went up a fret when you should have gone over to another string. Well, yeah, dumb, dumb. Like, or if it's like, yeah, you're not rotating, you're not going between your your picking hand, like yeah, index, middle, index, middle. You didn't like pull a gun on him and be like, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Turn him into Swiss cheese. Fuck you. I think his name was Hawk. 
if I'm not mistaken. No way. Yeah. Your bass teacher was named Hawk. He had like very long fingers because he was also like uh, fingernails because he was a flamenco guitar player as well. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. he taught me a lot of he like slap bass and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, I can't slap bass with you right now because I have a gig tomorrow night, but this is how you do it. <laughs> this is how I'd recommend you do it based on the page on the based on the sacred texts is what I'm trying to say. Hawk. Um, all right. Hawk was a good guy. Anyways. I, I would love to hear. I would love Hawk's story to be a separate <laughs> podcast, by the way. So uh, to bring it back on the rails and to please. tie this in a bow. So um, studied saxophone, got into guitar because I really needed to be cool in uh, junior high, and then I kind of carried that with me. But still played saxophone in in band and stuff all through high school, and yeah, pretty much up until that point. I can't remember the last time I played it. We can all agree that you have quite a an established music background. A knowledge of music, appreciation of love, and you've graduated to the guitar of sorts. Mm-hmm. A pedal meister. Yeah, I'm on. <laughs> I'm on that train. Pedals. Yeah, he's about to buy a nine hundred dollar pedal. Oh, mm-hmm. we have we have tomorrow to go to the the music exchange. Yeah. Tomorrow will be a fun adventure. Let's What's see that who pedal call you were for about? for everybody else with their headphones on listening to this. The uh, Chicago Music Exchange is basically where you take your pilgrimage if you're from anywhere who's not <laughs> right. Chicago or anywhere that isn't. And uh, because I mentioned I'm kind of like on the periphery, I do like what every decent cerebral um, introverted musician does at their houses, play with loop pedals. So yeah. this particular unit from Electro Harmonics, and I don't know if there's probably rules to this kind of thing with podcasting, but is it like the 95,000 or the 98,000, which is like a four or eight pedal track individual track looping station reggie watts did a promo it's I'll up on the website this promo it's 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 way good even for reggie he's got two simultaneously because the midi clocks can talk to each other in each one it's like chef's so jones and oh my gosh, i'm i'm pretty hard for this one tomorrow. so yeah. i, I want to just like try it out i'm like mm, is it better than the rc30 which it, bless up boss pedals thank you for that pedal um, so we're getting nerd out for a second, I, but I <laughs> but the point is, is yeah, we're gonna go spend some money. Tomorrow. No, I went way hard in pedals, so if that tells anybody about anything, well, let's get into uh, what, yeah, what, what records you got. What records there. you picked? Sure. Give us one. Let's go round. Do you want to go round robin or give Ben a couple and then we'll do a couple? Yeah, of the yeah, other? yeah, sure. Yeah, when you get tired of talking, let us know and then yeah, we'll switch yeah. off. And... Okay, yeah. So I have a stack here from those two record shops, but the you one that we have the most records between all of us. You yeah. did a good job. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. If uh, yeah, spending. <laughs> Money's a good job. So for, again, I think this is actually pretty quintessential to who I am um, in a, in the way of a simile or a meta, not even a metaphor, whatever. It is the record that I chose from the reissue section, not the used, is Thelonious Monk and Sonny Rollins reissue of the, yeah, So Thelonious Monk, for those of us that are not hip to it, Tell us about Thelonious Monk because he's a major figure figure within the jazz yeah. Um, industry. Yeah, so I I got kind of obsessed with jazz as a young man, um, <clears throat> probably because they played the saxophone, I guess. And I just had a teacher who I ostensibly aren't all saxophone teachers into jazz. I, I presume I they're, they're not. Yeah. You know, just purely into Bruce Springsteen's music. <laughs> like this is all I live for. Like so, the uh, Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey baby, 
So, uh, so I, I love music quite a lot. And Thelonious Monk is actually pretty adjacent to one of my all-time favorite jazz musicians, John Coltrane. And um, again, bring the saxophone thing into it. Sonny Rollins was a tenor saxophone player, um, extremely prolific. And sorry, I just realized so I've been bumping. So grab your attention because you knew you knew Thelonious Monk. And yeah. Sonny so Rollins, yeah. So it's like, a, you're so just like, a duo album. I'm like what sold. Yeah. So it That's is a cool. duo album. So. I'll just like quickly read off these tops here. Thelonious Monk Quintet. Then that is featuring Sonny Rollins on tenor sax. So it looks like he was playing in the quintet during these recordings. Can I cut in really quick? Please. I think this is interesting is like you had these jazz heads, these jazz musicians that were just like out there making music very much outside the sense of like making an album. Mm. Right. Is yeah. that true? Like, is this an album or is this like a, just like an amalgamation of recorded like songs? A right. Yeah. Like think- not like, like, so Chili Peppers <laughs> put an album today with like, Name to the album. Song. It's just like it's, it's packaged as this thing that's like this contained experience of songs that are meant to go together. But I feel like back then, these guys are just like, okay, I'm going to record a few songs, put them onto an uh, without much sense of like the coherency of mm. it being no, an definitely. album. I feel like it true? was. I feel like yeah, it was like, hey, I, I'm gonna, I got these four or five songs. Let's have a session, right? And they jam it, yeah. and it's this people are gonna buy this thing, and these, these outtakes and all these things. Right. And I, I love this album. idea of jazz musicians as almost like cowboy freelancers, like yeah, but yeah, rock. Uh, not but actually yes, and they were just so good at what they did that it was like put me in any grouping with another set of musicians as long as you've got like you got your rhythm section and you've got your lead or whatever on the on the outskirts but they would do whatever they knew the standards they're called standards for a reason so you have your like your baseline material but everything else is like i bring this to in in the way that like athletes are are this way i guess what i'm trying to get is like you can't for me, and maybe just, I don't know jazz well enough, I can't be like, well, that's their Sgt. Peppers or that's their White Album. They have like really identifiable characteristics. Does like, yeah, but jazz does, was a performance. What it was, well, does, was and is. Does Thelonious Monk or John Coltrane have their like, I know like Miles, Miles Davis is like, that's, that's what's blue, uh, blue kind yeah. of kind of what's the one what's the album called kind of blue kind of blue, blue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like that one has like a vibe right so you're like okay that's off of kind of blue does mean co-train love supreme uh, yeah mm-hmm. love supreme so does yeah. the giant, monk giant, have that giant, giant steps. steps yeah giant, giant steps, steps. oh man what is now you're quizzing me on stuff i don't know enough <laughs> that's about. Fine. i didn't mean to put th- you under the, the no no it's, it's totally valid this is a musician's podcast so thelonious monks category or uh, catalog i I wish I knew the names. And and maybe this is actually kind of bolstering my point about at least my perspective of jazz musicians is I know when I hear them on the speakers in the coffee shop or wherever, I'm like, I know exactly who's playing that right now. Right. That's J.J. Johnson, the trombone player. Yeah. Like people around me like, how would you know? It's just like being less concerned with the, uh, you know, like the curatorial facts about performances. And we're just like, what is the sound? What is the energy that this person puts out? Because it is distinct. And in that way, to your point about 
these are sessions, not like records thought of as the great work of X or the great work of Y. Like pre-planned, like we're putting an album out. Right, right. That's how I see it anyway, at least these we're classics. We're going to this producer, we're going to go to the studio, we're going to put a whole album cycle out, we're going to promote it as this like thing, this package thing. I don't think it was like that. Right, right. Ben, what else? What else you got over? Yeah, there? yeah. Give us another. Yeah, I got a lot. Okay, so I'm gonna deviate from jazz. Sorry, that was like a rabbit hole of no, it's all good. Holes. All right, this one, this one I want to promote. <clears throat> well, yeah, we, we oh, spun yeah, that we, earlier. Yeah, that was good. To that. All right, so I'm a big fan of world music, and uh, so I was digging in the world music section. It's so generic, but also helpful. So those are the best like places to dig and find anything, nothing but gold at those world. Like I don't know, like some of some of it, most of it's good. At least around places here in Chicago, I find. Grand as long as you're like in the right decade, I think you're probably fine. Yeah. Anyways, sorry to. No, no, it's all good. This one is called Tabansi Studio Band. <laughs> correctly and there's a gold circle sticker on here with some text that says tabansi gold series heavyweight 180 gram vinyl opposite for that sticker is another one reverse colors two rare 70s afrobeat albums from tabansi studio band and i can't read those because i will mispronounce the names and it's two discs each side of every disc is a single song of varying length from yeah, the track. It's the a jam track, band. The first song was like 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah, long. they're Seven, jamming. Yeah, 1744. Yeah, I, I support that and 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 promote it. The yeah. shortest song is 1217. God bless. <laughs> but again, it's like each side of each record. So the, the original King and Gizzard. Exactly. <laughs> and Grateful Dead. The thing that uh, I, I shared this with Scott and KJ earlier was the reason why I picked this album wasn't because I was familiar with this band's work, but. Um, being impulsive at uh, a record store is is kind of like receiving messages from the ether, and I just love the colors because it's like salmon pink yeah. and it reminds me mint like green. Clash. Can I nerd for you a second? Guys, nerd for you. Go art, hard, art nerd. Yeah. What is the color? It's a complementary color scheme. Green mm. and red mm. essentially is what that is. It's like Christmas. It is. So it attracts you because of the harsh contrast. Also like the black shadow around the text yep. though too with the white outline. It just, you know, those contrasts feel good. It's, it's a good color scheme. Also, at the very bottom of this record, the very literal yeah. bottom is in parent- parenthetical text that says, we know who is old. And I think... Yeah, I think I need to know that it's not me. Well, if the first song, which we'll play, we'll play yeah, that here, here right now. If this is a uh, a sign of what's to come, it's 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 good, it's good, it's celebratory. It's everything you want from like world music, Af- Afrobeat. It's, yeah, I was like that Afrobeat stuff. Yeah. You always just know it's gonna be something it's good. Gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially from like the the seventies too. As long as you care about vibe instead of content, yeah. totally. It's all vibe, no content. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's probably mostly true. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's like the opposite spectrum of like a deliberate choice about who I bought, why 
versus this just had right. uh, an energy to yeah. it. Yeah, you know? it spoke to you. That's a cool thing about, with, with crate digging. Do you got any over there that you picked out because you know them? Hmm. I'm looking at Holy Sun's Decline of the West, Volume 1 and 2. Oh, double album. I don't even realize I got the second <laughs> one. Hot damn. I'll do anything I can to get the blood pumping in my veins again. Avert my eye. You know where I've been. Just creeping So, Holy Sons is a band, uh, I think led and created by Emil Amos, who is a pretty prolific lo-fi musician and also an excellent podcaster. One of my, sorry guys, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, if you like lo-fi music and uh, philosophy debate um, by one person to himself, it's uh, really, really interesting stuff. Okay, so anyway. What's the name of the podcast cut, cut, again? Cut that all out. No, that's no, all good. Um, yeah, Drifter yeah. Sympathy. Drifter Sympathy. Drifter, yeah, it's a good podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it expands your mind. It's it's always been fascinating. You're not going to be worse for it. Yeah, no. So I'm uh, before I flip over this record cover, the last thing I want to read is the bottom of the sticker here, which says experimental slash avant folk slash psych folk. Wow. Psych folk. So for those of you who aren't familiar, that might kind of help situate you. The cover is also two tabla players and their heads have been photoshop replaced with statue heads of socrates the uh, philosopher so, so greco-roman yeah yeah when you uh, read the title decline of the west you're starting to kind of get some vibes about uh western so you uh, picked this i assume because of your knowledge of um from the podcast yes fan, yeah. fan of emil amos and so and his, this was like, vibe this, and... this was a little bit cl- i guess you could put it in between choosing thelonious monk and randomly choosing the uh right. Tabansi the, band yeah this so, is somewhere in so the i was a little bit familiar but i didn't know the record i'm not super close with the music itself can you so. talk about a little bit about that for a second just like because i think that's an important part of going to record stores like you've you've clearly shown three different types of purchases mm-hmm. well as if it makes it out into this <clears throat> so what we talked about was the fact that you actually picked the other holy sons record that was available out of the two yeah accidentally or accidentally. Or, or, or randomly i no, should say yeah, yeah. unawares it's a good transition point to scott what, what did you got well i was just asking ben like you know we all i think and i think this said this earlier we all went to these record stores not having like a I want to buy this or I want to buy that. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. But more just like expecting things to kind of jump out from mm-hmm. the, the stacks. No, yeah. not stacks. The Well, so to, call to, to make your point, the, the crates. The crates. Yeah. yeah. Crate digging. Yeah. Well, I didn't pick the one that you got because actually that one attracted me the most. It's a coffin on a black background. It's hardcore. It's heavy. I was like, that's okay. That's super interesting. <laughs> And then I was like, holy sounds, okay, this is the only MS. And then there were two records to choose from. I chose the one that was an earlier release just because I wanted to... So you're looking by date. When All I, the things that we do like when we're like like macro, not macro, the micro of searching. Like the macro is like you're kind of looking for bands you might know. Then the micro is like you're looking at album cover, art, you're looking at the date it was made, you're looking at 
who is maybe playing on it. Cause like, if you don't know the music, you have to do these different like decision makings. And we've talked about that. Like right. when you venture into the eighties, you're like, yeah, but like some from the seventies, like you you're could pretty, pretty much golden. bank. Yeah. yeah. On the, yeah. Especially like 72 early. 70s. Right. And that's your Afro yeah. album that you picked out. So what hardcore, like mid seventies, right? Yeah. 75 or something like definitely like, you're not gonna go wrong. Yeah, the the photos are uh, like without opening it right now. I know, and which I will momentarily. But these photos are old as hell. Yeah, so yeah, that's like 60s, 60, 70s for yeah, sure. Yeah, 60s, 70s. It proves itself. Um. So yeah, you got that Holy Sons album, and I, I didn't I didn't I, realize until like we just talked that like I picked out a Holy Sons album without even thinking about it. We were like digging through each other's bags, like, "Oh, what is this? Wait, you got a Holy Sons album too? No, I didn't." All right. So when we were the... at the when we were at the first record store, and you guys were, I I kind of I could kind of sense that we're like, okay, we're gonna be kind of coming close to like, we should just like pack on out to the next thing. I'm like, but I want to buy something in my mind. So I was like, at the H section, and I just started flipping. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna pick two things out of this and just like be okay with it. I love that mm. approach. Yeah. That's how you find stuff you just yes. normally... Right. Even if you're close, like you kind of were in this case, I think you should read out the description because that's incredibly well, that's enticing. What, that's what got, grabbed me. Like, So the first one was um, Nicky Hopkins. That album cover. The album cover out. is so weird. So he's... <laughs> so like an illustration of this dude with this like butt part. He's playing the piano key, looking looking at us. Like we're looking at him. He's looking at us, but the keys are made. The keyboard's made out of fingers, and it's it's yeah, sort of so like a little bit like Stanley Kubrick like ish. Fingers and the white keys look like white fingers. And yeah, he's playing them. Almost, almost everything like you bought is like somehow tangentially related to Halloween. Right. It certainly is very yeah. Everything yeah. Maybe just like the spooky season. Although you played a song off of here and it was it was beautiful. It was cool. It, it was going to straight up piano joint. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So we're gonna play some a song off of this and you can hear it now. But yeah, the main thing that like caught my attention is the cool thing that um what, what record store is this? Uh, um, Reckless. Sugar Reckless. Reckless. The cool thing they do is they put a little tag of like some minor description of the album and that sort of sold me. It says, yeah. um, Session Man for the Rolling Stones, Faces, Kinks, etc. This is his awesome solo album featuring George Harrison. I'm like, well, I mean, Rolling Stones, Faces, Kinks, George Harrison. I'm like, how could that be bad? Like, right. It can't be bad. That's a solid portfolio. And if they like, they trust him to play keys on their albums, like he's got to be pretty good, right? So I think that was a good sell. Like that immediately sold me. I'm like, and and I was telling these guys earlier. I'm like, when I go to record store, my brain like goes into this like conniption of like, I think I know what I want, and then it just goes into a, it it blanks out completely. So I'm like left with nothing of like I'm just looking down these stacks of, of. Of records without any sense of what I'm picking out, so that caught my attention. The other thing, because I was in the H section before we checked out. Next thing I got was um, I even realized, like you were saying, it was Holy Sons. I just read, um, what did I read? Dusty Burnout Quality of Ted Lucas, who I like. He's like a folk musician that I like quite a bit, and then Neil Young, but bolstered instead with the dark ambience of noise of doom metal i'm like Sick. i love doom metal i love neil young i'm a big fan 
of Ted Lucas. I can only take so much pleasure at once. I know. <laughs> and the album is black, like a br- green black with, on the bottom right, an open casket. I'm like... Every king must rest inside these sinful walls And it's the sinful walls you know What we want is a hard to find it's yeah, a beautiful nobody, casket. Nobody in it. Nobody. Not like a pine wood cowboy. He, no, he like, done dirty. This is like an exquisite, beautiful it's a, it's coffin. A, it's probably one of my favorite album covers I've ever seen. To be honest with you, the back and the back looks like a Halloween youth yeah, novel. Oh, like a, it is Halloween to to the sun comes up. Thrill Day Jockey puts totally. out good albums. So I'm like, you can't go wrong with Thrill Jockey, right? You know what? Let's just point out: it's very important to know when you're crate digging who's the production house. Where's right. it coming from? What's the origin? Yeah. Are they and good so, tastemakers? Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I, you know, I was flipping through. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll buy that. Maybe I'll buy that. Maybe I'll buy that. But we're like, I could sense, I sense that we're like, we're wrapping up. So I was stuck at the H. I'm like, okay, these two look kind of cool. And I appreciate record stores that put these little like tags. That, no, like, me too. Yeah. That's helpful. It's very helpful. I'm like, it makes my like little lean into the unknown feel more supported. Yeah. For sure. Mm. Yeah. KJ, what you get? Uh, let's see. I got one that I have been looking for for a while. This Donald Bird. Uh, it's uh, Places and Spaces. But there's a song Dominoes on there that we listened to earlier. Uh, Chuck Rainey on the bass just comes in. It's just like right away. It's just very good. so good. And then Donald Bird's uh, trumpet on there. I mean, title track from the album. It's just smooth. I just love that album, man. It's just like one of those albums where it just makes me like feel good when I put it on. Jazz. It's a blue note. Mm. Blue note. I mean, yeah. talk about record labels that just don't totally. put up bad music. Right. right. Yeah. Generally, you can trust, right? Right. Uh, other one, I had been looking for this for a while, too. I own just about every Paul McCartney Wings album, but I hadn't had this one, the, the first one, which is Wildlife. And uh, it's got this bop on there, man. Love is Strange. Such a such a good song. Baby, love is Strange. That's one of those ones where, like, you saw the cover, you know, you like when you're digging and you see, you're like, yep, don't even got to think about that. You're not even reading the words, just just, like the image pops right. Right. I wasn't thinking about this, but I saw it. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's like the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny how, like, I don't have certain albums in mind, but it's just like, yeah, when I see them, I'm like, yeah, that's, yep, I knew I needed that still. Yep. Well, we were talking about this whole, I hope this is appropriate to talk about, but the simile of, of witching for water and, uh, how it's very closely tied into crate digging is sometimes you're just like kind of trusting the process. You're not like a lot of people do go get specific stuff, but if you're just there to be like, what is speaking to me? One of the records I got three records, it turns out because I wasn't even paying attention. First record shop, I was thumbing through the electronic section and it just kind of popped out, had a really interesting cover, but I kept going. And then the second record store 
I hit it again. And I was like, well, I literally just saw that same imagery. There's no description. It was produced and published in Poland. It's electronic. I'm like, hit twice. I'm just going to go with this one. Right. Got to get yeah. it. I still don't even know what it sounds like. The visual like. quality of crate digging is not to be overlooked. Could write a book yeah. about this. Yeah. Just like, what a fun experience. It's yeah. Just like seeing so many different images. It's like images. Kind of like dopamine to your brain. Yeah. Just mm. like, Connecting a yeah. name to it. And you're like, what you what you recognize, what you don't, what turns you on to something new. You're like, oh, that's curious. Okay, I'm going to keep going though. Sure. Well, like, and also you, like commercially, like, well, there is the commercial aspect, but cover art for selling, cover art for connection to the music right mm-hmm. right it's so weird you know looking at my albums i'm like i really only have one album from like recent <laughs> that's what times, it is yeah. but i'm like everything i have is from like the 70s or what's well, where yeah. you can find good deals vinyl wise yeah yeah just from over here the the donald bird yeah that record cover is so striking because it really it's is, just man. photographs of landscapes from I guess aerial views Bird, and then yeah, also planes. like Cessna. It's just it's like adventurous. Calming, yeah. It, yeah. Pleasant, pleasant and adventurous all at the same time. Yeah. Ben, what else did you get? What else is in that stack? Okay. So I got Johnny Shines sitting on top of the world. Need to come running, throwing up your hand. I got myself a woman. This is a happy looking man. You didn't know anything about cover. this one, all right? I don't know a thing about Johnny it. Shine. Other than he's cover. holding a he's holding a Gibson acoustic guitar in front of a music stand with some music on it, and he's got some great frames and some he's kind of a very cool pendant, it. and he's just. He's got a good vibe about him. So this one is a blues record, and there's, well, there's a whole lot to say about it, I'm sure. But again, I bought this one on random. I'm going to hand this over to KJ just for a gander. So uh, yeah, I was looking in the used section around the jazz and the blues used records, and this one just struck me. I don't think we talked about this earlier. It's like you can't necessarily go wrong from anything like that's been made pre-1970 especially blues it's yeah. gonna be good it's gonna be good it's gonna be blues like i, I guarantee you i'm gonna play a song right now i think it's, it's gonna be good i think it's actually a very accurate thing to say because the cost of money it took to produce somebody before 1950 1940 you had to have something there whether you're the person recording yourself and selling that or representing the artist it was it was an opportunity versus now anybody can do that on their MacBook. And so it's like, you know, super saturated, but the confidence of buying a used record from 1930 or whatever, it's like, yeah, there is something there. I think it's so funny. There's five titles on the back of there that all end in blues. It's like, uh, Oh, the songs themselves. Flow blues. Milk cow blues. I'm just going to run through these real <laughs> quick. Is this then name on the track list? <laughs> All right, what, so, side what, one, so, what kind of music we get in for here? I, I'm confused. Could be a calypso? No, Jazz? I'm pretty sure this Let is straight ahead. Side one, Delta Pine, Pony Blues, <laughs> Milk Cow Blues, Dynaflow Blues, <laughs> Glad Rags, Pet Rabbit. Side two, Sitting on Top of the World, name of the album, Ramblin' Blues, Tell Me Mama, Bumblebee Blues. There you go. 
It ain't nobody's fault but mine. Arguing and boodling. Okay, so I'm going to just for the sake of... Let me see that really quick. Yes, sir. For the sake of like just playful fun in this podcast, I'm going to do a back-to-back of Ramblin' Blues, if I can find it on Spotify, and then Bumblebee Blues, and we'll just see like... How those blueses are just different, you know. Had him around and blue. Would you please come by to me? Like, they're not the same song with different lyrics. I'm going to, like, go ahead and, like, cast a bet. And I'm going to tell you on the back side if I'm wrong. That Bumblebee Blues is going to be like me a little bit faster. It's like Flight of the Bumblebee, but zippier. with lyrics. And that Rambam Blues is going to be a little bit more like a a shuffle maybe. Plotting shuffle. Slower shuffle. Like, Arl, we'll like an Arl Burnside kind of a slow. Those that are listening right now, kind of follow along and, and put your bet down. Cool. So we got a chance to listen to Johnny Shines and some of his blueses. Um let me jump in from the second record story we went to. What was it called? Uh, sugar. 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 Like, yeah. <laughs> like the guy who worked with Tupac. Sugar Knight. Sugar Knight? No, <laughs> but with sugar. an A. Sugar. What was the uh, antagonist of um, no. <laughs> no Country for Old Men? <laughs> the actor? No, yeah. Yeah. Bardem, um, but he went by... Javier Bardem. But he, he went by Sugar. Sugar. Did he? <laughs> we got we gotta Google that one, man. <laughs> so, anyways, when we went to Sugar, um, I had a sense of like I don't know. I, that was an interesting store to shop around. They had a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, it was fun. Um, a bunch of, I don't know if you caught this. They had slip mats for ten dollars, and they oh. were like very unique. They had like Britney Spears. Why are you telling me this? I went about one. I know. I was just like I don't know. It was just in a corner. I was mm. kind of like this is cool. Not big space, they like had, physically uh, yeah. a big space, but a lot of records inside of it. Yeah. And pretty well organized, I would say. Top marks for that. Yeah. Top, top marks, marks for organization. Yeah. The first thing I came, I jumped around all over the place. Not, I thought I knew what I was looking for and just didn't find it. The first thing I came across though that I was like, yeah, I kind of want to buy that was uh, the Madsen 2. The Madsen 2 we've seen before. <whistles> you and me? Yep. Was KJ there? No. El, it was El Club. Saw El Club Mexican Town. Oh, nice. It's brothers. there. Yeah, they opened for Krongbin. Um, sort of like uh, nouveau jazz. I would say like they are accomplished jazz musicians, but they also they delve into psych rock. Psych rock. Yeah, 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 fully. Brothers. Because they covered, they did a cover of Giant Steps or Love Supreme. I can't remember yeah. which, but they did the album in its entirety. Wow. They're jazz heads with like a sensitivity towards like contemporary flavors of psychedelia, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. I think they're tapping into some things that feel very much contemporary without being dated in the jazz world. They've they've collaborated with Toro y Moi. Yeah. Yep. Moi. Yeah. Oh, Moi. man, I got to get this I right. Know. I never know. Toro y Moi. But can we look at this album back? Look, look at these brothers. These guys look like they're fucking happy as shit. They're identical <laughs> brothers. One has a mustache. Can you guess which one plays guitar? The one with or without the mustache? That's a good question. I'm going to say this guy's the drummer. Yep. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Right, I mean, the mustache, mustache is guitar. definitely the guitar, yeah. right? It's always a little extra. They're both like wearing uh, Hawaiian shirts and looking like they like love tasteful each other. though. Cool. Tasteful and uh, non-obvious. And like the oh, airbrush cover, cover is so dope. psychedelic. Yeah. That's so cool. What do you describe that? It's like a verdant garden with 
uh, like Utah in the background, but the yeah, hyper like, contrast colors and it's like quasi sexual. Yeah, very Greek. Yeah, Matson Two presents. It's What's good. the name of the album? Uh, Paradise. <laughs> That in a sentence, <laughs> something, yeah. something good. Yeah, you know what, Sugar? I only got two a records go uh, from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. tell us about Sugar, because that, that was my big. I, I got a few other records from there, but that was my my big like thing that caught my eye at first. So you go. Yeah, I mean, I found a, a cheapie at two ninety nine. I was like looking like below. I hardly ever do that at record stores, and even at Vertigo, you know, our our home shop. It's like there's all these records underneath, but I never do that. I'm just like at the top of the bins. <laughs> do you guys go like underneath a lot? What do you mean by underneath? Usually, like those are where the cheap, cheap records. Oh, right? yeah, like yeah. you know, they just have extras yeah. of them, yeah. or just like you know, they're like the real like used ones or whatever. My home record shop is different than when I'm out. Exactly. So like while yeah. I'm here, yeah, I usually go. So I found uh, man, what's his name? Dean uh, Dean Friedman. He has a song, Ariel, and it was a, a huge hit. It was like a Yacht Rock song. Ariel. Ariel. Like, I can't get as high. Like, the chorus is very, like, most subtle. It's like, hey, hey, that was awful. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So it it goes this. just like this. <laughs> Insert. Yeah. But uh, it's a great song. So I was like, oh, two ninety nine, man. I don't know That's what else steal, is in there, but man. I'm going to check it out. And it's just literally him just telling a story about his whole day with like this girl. And it doesn't rhyme, I don't think. Like, I appreciate a, that even more. Song. And then uh, right when we were checking out, I saw like, King Gizzard. In the Lizard Wizard. Um, right at checkout. Fishies, yeah. Point of sale impulse purchase. Yeah, I was like, oh, you got that. Is that for sale? He's like, yeah. Worked out. Yeah, no... You- there's something He's, nice he about was, like, He was glad because he didn't have to catalog it. Know, he right? saved him from right. some paperwork. What I like about a record store, and that's what kind of caught me at the end when we were checking out. I'm like, oh, there's like staff picks. Like, I love the staff pick. Mm-hmm. And I, I frequently, when we travel, I'm like, oh, I'm in Idaho. Like, tell me like what you think I should buy, right? Because I'm aimless, right? And so when we were checking out, I saw the little like staff pick. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, so I was, I found. So you got a staff pick? Yeah, I got a Flamingo Rodeo album. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you let the hanging glass take the long way out. And you, you took the colors It was all good. signed by the band members. That's kind of cool. And that seems kind of, it's like a acoustic psychedelia. I don't know if it's like I was something I would be like, you got to hear this, but. It seems like it could fit. It, it's mood. better than better than just a, a vibe or a mood album. I, I really yeah. liked the. This uh, cool. We commented on how unique the vocal like delay and reverb processing is. Yeah, I like that more. 
Oh, I want to dive into like their backstory and see how where they recorded it. Yeah, makes me think of the band Woods. Mm-hmm. There's like a certain kind of appreciation for the analog and. Well, that's part of the advantage of traveling and, and doing crate digging too. Is being like, okay, show me what you got. Right. right? What, what do you think's good? Right. I remember doing this when I was uh, with Marnie in South Africa for our honeymoon. Uh, big ups uh, to South Africa, and so I was like. Hey, I'm I'm visiting. Uh, like clearly, <laughs> oh, you like, don't say. I'm like, do you have any recommendations uh, for local music? Of course, and they're like, yeah. Well, there's some stuff uh, like from the '70s that was pretty good. We have like our own sort of Tower of Power. Let me turn you on to something. Well, and that's the thing is, I didn't want to be pushy. I'm just like, I don't care if you think it's good compared to like what you think uh, an American tourist in South Africa would think is good. Like. What is the what is the local music that made it onto at least the airwaves, right? There's got to be stuff. Show yeah. me your your category, but just like any other record store in America, anyway. Like, well, <clears throat> and I mean this with utmost respect, but the world section is usually quite small. But even in places like South, at this particular spot, which was probably the eminent record store of Cape Town, it was, you know, not as big as I would have expected. Representing local stuff, I'm like really like all the good music comes from africa like half your store should be <laughs> but uh the, what they did recommend was excellent oh. do you have any last albums kj uh no i kind of rattled mine all off yeah i only got two from sugar yeah no, that's cool yeah yeah what's ben i mean ben's got all the yeah. interesting stuff Give us One a few over there ain't even in english you, do you even know this guy's right. name all right, the, the one <laughs> there's one I can there's one I can pronounce, which is uh, yes, <laughs> with a soft J. No one should say that. Free jazz, Free jazz a collective improvisation by the Ornette Coleman Double Quartet. Uh, Ornette Coleman for the for the win. This one's used very good condition. take man i i can't i can't do free jazz man. no a lot of people too, too. a lot of people can't and i'm not saying it's not valid i either. love that shit man. it's so weird it makes it like unlistenable my listenable. brain is just it's like i love i love jazz music but just not free jazz but i feel like that's what people think all jazz music is is free jazz which is fair <laughs> i mean like that is all the wrong <laughs> i'm not really advocating very well Free jazz is hard to listen to. Yeah, it's like it's like drinking for net. It's an acquired taste. It's It's an acquired taste. I'm gonna learn this thing to appreciate it. Some people like to drink for net so that they can tell their friends they drink for net. It's the same way with free jazz. What's the thing in Chicago that people drink? Ben froze. Malort. Malort. Yeah, it's one of those things that like I like it because I feel like I've it's a badge of honor. But like, is it? Yeah, I did. Objectively, I did good. two. T- I did two tours and right. <laughs> I drink more. Okay. How much do you think you go listen to Ornette Coleman album? Uh, probably every six months, mm. or less, every month or every year, I should say. I put that type of shit down when like my kids are out of out of the right, house. Yeah, it's like it, type, yeah. you know, it's not passively listening music though. No, it's no. not. It's like going to an art gallery. And, like I'm going to look at art. I'm going to listen to free jazz. No, it's like, 
oh, you know, I didn't notice this, but is this free jazz that's being played? Like, obviously, well, it's yeah. it's hard to it, listen it, to. It requires your attention. I think that's yeah. cool. It's, yeah. it's active listening versus passive listening. Right. And I don't necessarily think that's exclusive to being educated musically either. Like, you don't have to know what's happening. It's like what you feel from it, but it's a lot of complicated stuff kind of happening all at once. And finding patterns in it is difficult, even for an educated person. And patterns in music are ex- like mutually exclusive. Like that's what makes a rhythm so attractive is it's predictable pattern. Free jazz has very little of that going on. And so finding the patterns takes nuance and intricacies that, again, it requires effort to listen to. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's uh, not as widely uh, appealing because it takes that investment and commitment. Most people are like, look, man, I just got home from work. I'm trying to put on a record and like vibe. You know, free jazz is not it. Right. Not the, yeah. <laughs> All due respect. But hey, I was I bought the record. I, I can say it. I celebrate <laughs> it. Yeah. For real. Um, should we go to our last question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I know. It's getting late. Yeah. All right, Ben. We always say, you know, if, if your music was uh, blank, what would it be? If the type of music you make... Do you want to do the type of music you make or the type, uh, of, music type of music you listen to? You listen the type to of music that you uh, aspire? aspire to, the music that you aspire to, that like just fills you up, fills your cup up, as one would say. Mm. Yeah. So if your music was a blank, uh, what would it be? A type of blank. So if your music was a type of cocktail, uh, what cocktail would it be? That's a good question. I'm going to ponder this for a second. Okay. The last word. What? The last word. Apparently, it's a drink that was created in Detroit at the Detroit Athletic Club oh, in like okay. 1940, 1950. I it's thought a, you were like, this is this is my last word here. No, no. But it's the name. Of well, the in a way, maybe. I'm unsophisticated. I've not heard of this cocktail. You've probably had it one way or another. It's green chartreuse, gin, lime juice, Luxardo maraschino cher- uh, cherry liqueur. Very good. I think it's. 0.75 ounces per ingredient. So all four of those, three quarters of an ounce. And then you shake it to hell, pour it into a drink glass, and you drop one maraschino cherry. It was very good. Very good. So, that so why, yeah, why is that red? Okay. <clears throat> so it's got some complicated exotic ingredients in it, and it's kind of meticulously created. It's also very different. It stands out, and I like that about it. It's unique, and that's what I seek out in my music, whether I'm like performing it. Well, I don't perform as much, but what I record, the ideas I try to communicate are very deliberately different, and I take the time to make sure I'm not doing anything redundant. To me, that is like the ultimate insult to the idea of music. Create something unique. Even if there's similar patterns, of course, like music based on those things. And the last word is that in a lot of ways. And also in what I seek, it has flavors that just aren't found around here. You know, your standard bourbon drinks, like it is kind of European, you could call that, even though it is a Detroit or like originated uh, cocktail. And it continues to deliver like, you know, too much of anything is not good enough, but you know, you have it every once in a while. It's just like really special. 
and it's different enough from everything else to maintain that uh, distinction. And so that's my answer. Yeah, that's perfect. I care. Oh. Thoughtful, <laughs> uh, poignant, aligned, <laughs> honest, brave. And so can we just wrap it's this like up? It's like 1 a.m. right now. Let's just wrap this Maybe up this with our uh, last um, phrase about our anticipation for the show tomorrow night. King Gizzard. That yeah, should be fun. Yeah. Gonna I'm, be I'm excited. Sick. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. King Gizzard. Kind of not. I'm going in with no expectations. So, yeah. That, like, nothing is real. We're gonna try and get up front. So, yeah. Wish us luck. Our old man Let's bones see. are gonna be crushed right. to dust in those mosh pits. <laughs> Thanks for um, following along with our record picks or yeah, what's in my bag fun. of our record store um, exploration. I think that hopefully it was a. Uh, a, a little bit of taste of maybe what you would do if you went to a record store and hunted around for something that you wanted to pick and buy. And, and or maybe found out about some new banging records. That too. Yeah. Your hand you I think more importantly, shop. if you are in Grand Rapids, as probably a lot of our listeners are, or whatever city you find yourself in, is there's probably a local record store with somebody that cares about exactly everything they put in that record store. So don't be afraid to ask them. Don't be an introverted audiophile. Talk to the people who curate the record right. selection. They want to help you. They, they want. love sharing their knowledge. They want to gush. And they know more than you. <laughs> yeah. So let them. But you don't have to listen to me either. You can just listen to them and say, okay, thanks. Now I'm going to do my own thing. That's yeah, cool too. At, at Sugar, uh, I saw that Flame and Lips record. And I was like, Scott, what's that Flame and Lips record? She was like, well, that's your GMA. Yeah, she's like, you know, she's put out the right. record. Yeah. Like, I know it. Right. She was one of the most reserved, like, record store employees I've ever come across. Yeah. Usually you hear them across the store because they're listening to everybody. That's not a good record. (laughs) Don't buy that. Don't buy that one. Why would you buy that one? Do you ever... Can I I do a quick side comment? Yeah. Yeah, this is is the bonus content. (laughs) Um, Do you ever feel like maybe I shouldn't buy that here because I'm going to be looked down at when I check out with it? Can I tell you... I don't ever feel like that. I was gonna buy Third Eye Blind at uh, <laughs> the 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 headline. Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. What was the first Reckless, right? I don't I know. Like, yeah, I should probably just buy that on Amazon. I don't want to be looked down at. By, by, you by, know, I don't know why I'm laughing either. That's a fucking I, good album. If everyone wants to challenge me on that, I will punch them. No, I know. I think you're album. a fucking jackass if you don't like that yeah, album. Yeah. But also, it doesn't have a lot of street cred, and it's like it wasn't pressed on vinyl to begin with. Scott, bro, it was, you in your late 30s, bro. You should not be giving a damn about what some record store clerk think. If you want it, I'm trying you to get still it, keep like man. my cool cred. No, bro, who cares? You act like you're gonna see that person. You know, ironically, that's it's like. The older you, the older you get, the less you care about what other people think no, about really you, do, except yeah. for the people that sell records to you. <laughs> He's right though. Like, that record was widely. That. I mean, was it that like platinum? Pressed, it was, was never, that a? Well, it was never pressed on vinyl, so it's like that seems weird to buy it on vinyl. But as a as a record, when it came out, it was extremely oh, lucrative. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody knows what album we're talking about, and if you're laughing, it's like. Yeah, it's fun to make fun of Can the I old stuff. Yeah, it's a fantastic goddamn album. Uh, it should be owned on vinyl by everybody. <laughs>
I mean, in an homage, at least, at least. It's, it's worth at least twenty. But I did think when I had it, it wasn't hands. one of those three hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> records like the MF Doom one, was it? I think it was like twenty five bucks. And like when I had it in my hand, like, I should I buy this one? I actually put some records back today for the first time in a long time. I'm like, I was about ready to buy five hundred dollars of music. Today. I'm like, this well, is stupid. He's like, I gotta buy that pedal tomorrow. <laughs> well, TBD. But you, you never felt like that in a record store. Like, hey, maybe I shouldn't buy that here because I'm like, no. look, like Herm's gonna look no, down on me. Never, never. In my I life. think of Herm all the time. Be like, you wanna, you wanna buy? The... <laughs> he's like, you wanna buy that? He says that? No, I always think oh. he's going to say that, though. No. I don't give a damn. It's like high fidelity. Jack Black's working the register. That's what I imagine. Yeah. yeah like, oh, my God. You idiot. Yeah. I think about that all the time. No. I think other people think about that, too. I literally do not care. There's no cool factor. Yeah. I'm like, bro, it's But you're cool. never... You it's don't cool ever buy, like, hip... Care. You never buy, like, hip stuff, Bro, though. I just brought Andrew Gold. Remember that sh- shit that I, I was playing for you? He's like, man, this is, like... Like top cheese. I was like, I don't care. That's never right. let her slip away, man. Matter of fact, put that in here. Andrew Gold, never let her slip away. Such a great song. Yeah, I really only met about a week ago, but it doesn't seem to matter to my heart. I know that I love her. I'm hoping that I never recover. But uh, yeah, it's a metaphor Oaks, for man, life. I don't care, like what. So, am I supposed to be embarrassed if I'm buying like Holland Oats? No. The, no, that's different. This is this is a rhetorical conversation. Like, you shouldn't care what anybody thinks know, about you. I know that's what I'm saying. Especially with I'm something like, as it, personal as music. That's gonna be embarrassing. If you were to buy peaches, peaches. No, wait, wait a second. If you're buying peaches. What if you were gonna buy Meriwether Post Pavilion? My animal collector. Yeah. What about it? I'm supposed to be embarrassed by that? Yeah. Why? It's just like... Because everybody has it. It's just like a thing that like... I own that record. I know. (laughs) Did you buy it from a record store? Yeah. But when does it... Where do you make the distinction with... Like Beyonce's album just dropped, which is good. It's selling hotcakes, right? Like hotcakes. Right. No one cares about the fact that that's hot and people are walking out the doors with it like of course the businesses that buy those I just those think when prints. I go to a record store I should find something that's kind of hit with that like when I check it they're like oh, oh you just to KJ's point you want you want to be that otherwise I could just get it from Amazon and be you like, want to be that guy that comes in every three months <laughs> and buys you, the obscurest music if you're going to go to Amazon and buy a third eye blind it ain't like that's not who you are. Well, that's something I want to have just, in my collection, but I don't want to. This guy, you just be. I'm fake. trying to do a stunt a little bit when I'm buying something. Like, <laughs> I, I I would at least respect you more for being principled enough not to use Amazon to buy your guilty I know, pleasures. Right? Yeah. I, buy, I use Amazon to buy my. <laughs> buy if you're buying guilty pleasures, do it at your local record store and let them judge you accordingly. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Scott, Scott, you're trying to avoid that. Are you just trying to get invited to some party? <laughs> The record club. It's just my, it's just my own psychosis. I Thank think you, you very much. No, I get it. It's like one day you bring up the right record and they look at each other behind the counter and they're like, he's ready. Yes. He's, ready. he's earned it. And he's it's like, it. you will receive a message by Raven. That's what I'm talking about. You're part of the inner circle But if now. I went up there with like, oh, you're going to buy that. Like yeah, it's a good album. This shit happened. This shit is one of my earliest record buying memories before vinyl was available. It was the Weezer's Blue album. 
I was at I was a Canadian citizen, so we had HMV, and I walked up so stoked to spend whatever allowance I'd earned. And the the I'll girl by this, sir. The the alt girl tatted and pierced working the counter, she looked at me, she's like, You don't have this already. <laughs> I've been closeted. I had no idea how to respond to that. I'm like That's what I'm talking about. I literally thought say, I was I fixing to the it problem. So much, I had to buy a new one. Oh my original version got so I listened to it way too much in my <laughs> My CD, my disc man. <laughs> you wish you would have said that. I was gobsmacked. I had it signed by Rivers Cuomo, so I have to buy another version. It's like, you know, it'd be metal for Weezer uh, to sign the side that actually has the data on it. Oh All right, man. Yeah, we should be done. Okay. So thanks for uh, joining us on this little adventure of uh, yeah. what's in my bag. This is a fun one. Ben, thanks for uh, thanks coming for being on. Here, ben. I appreciate it. I'm glad I could grace the airwaves with my vocal Can you presence. edit this episode down for me? Yeah. It's going to be a long one. Thank It'll you. be my gift to you. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Right. Peace out. <laughs> Yo, there's got to be an Italian view for myself right there. Gyro. This waiting period has delegitimized <laughs> any. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>